0: Next on BYU Sports Nation, aloha! The Cougars wave goodbye to the Bruins in round one of the Maui Invitational. We've got the reaction and the best of Bill Walton. After last night's win, is it already mission accomplished in Maui,
1: or is there more work for the Cougars to do?
0: And QB1 looked good at UMass. Is Zach Wilson back? BYUSN starts
2: now. This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store. Cast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now from Studio B, your hosts, Jerem Jordan and Tanner Mangum.
0: BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It's Tuesday, November 26th. I guess it's Thanksgiving Eve, Eve, which is good. I'm Jerem Jordan. Spencer Linton is across the street in the Marriott Center getting ready for BYU and Utah State women's hoops. So I'm teamed up with Tyler Magnum, uh, I mean Tanner Mangum. You know, I expected that from CBS Sports, <laughs> but not from you, Jerome. <laughs> exactly. Did that ever get old? Like, the, the first time I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And then it was like 10 games later. It was, it was literally happening.
1: week 11 against Missouri and, and, in um, 2015. And Brent, and 2015, and Brent Musburger is still calling oh, Tyler on. Magnum. Brent's a legend, a Hall of Famer. It hurts, but you know what? I've been getting it my whole life, so yeah. I've just kind of learned to roll with it. And then they even started putting it on graphics for you. Like, yeah. that's next level where it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That, that's when it's systemic. That's, it's not yeah. just one person's error. It's, it's a program as a whole. So.
0: Did you find that Tyler Magnum performed differently than Tanner <laughs> Magnum? No, no. There was no, no alter ego no? there. No? Okay. Uh, unfortunately. Maybe there should have been. Well, we'll see on this show how that works. <laughs> Here's what's on the show today. ESPN's Trevor Maddich on the Cougars' five-game win streak, the matchup with the top ten defense, and who the top four teams in college football are. Men's Hoops assistant coach Cody Fieger will join us from Maui. I imagine he may not have slept last night after the win against UCLA, preparing for Kansas, Uh, and love him or hate him, we've got the best of Bill Walton. I love him. How do you feel about Bill? I mean, it's entertaining, to say the least. (laughs) I love Bill Walton. We have the best of Bill Walton from last night. For some of you, it may be the worst of Bill Walton. And the Michael Jordan of volleyball, Karch Karai, is in town to call the BYU Pepperdine Women's Volleyball Match. He will join us in studio. That's going to be a lot of fun. We've had him on BYU TV before during men's matches, but never on the show. He's a legend. He's a legend, man. He's legit. Yeah. So uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. But first, let's dive in today's, into today's headlines. The men's basketball team beats UCLA 78-63. How about it? In the first round of the Maui Invitational, Jake Toulson led Brigham in scoring with 20 points. The Cougars shot 9-18 of 18 from 3, including this one. Late in the clock, steal. Down floor, Alex Barcelo, transition three. He got it! A, B for three, and the Cougars lead by six. What a big win for BYU. We'll break it down in a moment. It's the first non-Shamanade win. Shamanad's the D2 team that hosts. In the Maui invitational for BY since 92. Tonight, the Cougars face number four Kansas, 1030 Eastern, 730 Pacific on ESPN, and BYU radio with pregame an hour earlier on the radio. We will break down what happened last night coming up. And BYU football closes out their regular season this weekend at San Diego State. And even
1: though it's the week of Thanksgiving, head coach Kalani Satake says the team is prepping for just one thing.
3: Just gonna win the game. That's what we're gonna focus on: winning the game, doing whatever we can to win the game. And I think the uh, we'll, only thing that will be changing is, is practice a little bit um, earlier on on Thursday, so the players can get out to their families.
1: You heard it: just win the game coverage of Saturday's game begins at 7 p.m. Eastern on BYU Radio and at 8 Eastern on BYU TV with Countdown to Kickoff. You're gonna be on that show. I'll and be there.
0: Mitch Matthews will
1: join oh yeah, it's be a good you and Dave and Blaine.
0: Whenever Mitch and I are in the same place at the same time, magic happens. Yeah, it's that's awesome. I can't wait. Cougars stay at number 13 in the ABCA poll in women's volleyball. They finish the regular season tonight at home against Pepperdine on ESPNU at 10 Eastern, 7 Pacific. Four seniors will be honored in Mary Lake, McKenna Miller, County Moyai and Riley Lyman. The NCA selection show is Sunday at 8.30 Eastern.
1: And a Tuesday morning matinee for BYU Women's Hoops today as the Cougars will host in-state rival Utah State at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. You can watch that game immediately following BYU Sports Nation on BYU TV.
0: And on BYU TV, you can see uh, at least one team warming up currently, and uh, we get ready for that. So uh, this is sort of your women's basketball pregame show. For BYU and Utah State coming up later. Rise and shout.
2: It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation.
0: Down go the Bruins in impression fa- uh, impressive fashion last night in the first round of the Maui Invitational. We broke the matchup down uh, yesterday. I, th- I thought this was a winnable game for BYU. I didn't think BYU would win by 15. But Tanner, what impressed you the most in last night's win? Well, what impressed me the most leads us perfectly into our stat of the day. Because
1: what I was most it's impressed with Sports was their shooting. Stat of the, day. the stats don't lie. Stat of the day, BYU shot 62-50-88, meaning 62% field goal percentage. That's insane. 50% from three and 88% from the free throw line. Beautiful. You know, that, that type of field goal percentage, if you shoot
0: that well, you're going to beat a lot of teams. And it... Definitely came to fruition last night. That was awesome. With 9.51 to go, it's tied at 52. It's back and forth. BYU's led for most of the game. But then T.J. Haas woke up. He led the Cougars to victory, scoring 10 points and two assists during the next seven and a half minutes. And it makes you think, where's that been? Right. And in the Houston game, T.J. hits the big shot, right? But T.J. struggled a little bit. We've Mm -hmm. talked about it from three coming into the game. He was 4 of 24, able to hit a couple of shots. And, And this was big. The ball stopped getting stuck, Tanner. That's what I liked. Um, in the first half, it was Jake Toulson. I, so I like Jake Toulson on the block, but, but a certain amount. I think the ball can't get stuck. When it moves, BYU's just way better. And uh, we thought rebounding might be an issue. BYU was only negative two. And that, more importantly, points in the paint. How about this? 40 to 32. 40 of the 78 points for BYU came in the paint. BYU's getting to the rim, which was awesome. When they looked like a different team last night
1: compared to the game against Boise State. Oh my goodness. Boise yes. State, there's a lot of ISO ball. There's a lot of one-on-one. Not a lot of movement. But as you can see in, in those clips, a lot of movement, swinging the ball around the horn. It was good. And I, I saw a tweet that said, that's how basketball should be played yeah, in, but... the, in the Celestial Kingdom. <laughs>
0: nice. Bill Walton might say, that's Roland Minson basketball. Right? <laughs> uh, Toulson and Haas combined for 35. They did what they do, 20 and 15. Colby the Tree Lee scored 13 points on 6 of 7. And Mark Durant pointed out in the BYU Radio postgame, Lee is evolving. He's seeing uh, passing lanes a little better out of the post. And he has his hands up when he cuts to the basket for layup, So he goes 6-7. to seven. That was great. It's because he's from Idaho. He, he's Na- naturally. My, my rival high school. That, that, that,
1: that, that, those Idaho boys, they're, they know what they're
0: doing. What was that? The Potato Posse. <laughs> that's what I like to call it. <laughs> hey, I, I do not endorse that name. <laughs> All right, Tyler Magnum. Zach <laughs> sellius had 11 rebounds, by the way, and 9 points in 24 minutes. He was fantastic. Alex Barcelo, defensively, really good. 9 points, 5 assists. It was a great team win, and I think that's what it's going to take, especially without Yuli Childs. Because when BOA gets Yoli Childs back, I wish the NCAA was like, you know what, that was a great performance. How about we just let Yoli play tonight against Kansas? Which phew,
1: <laughs> the Cougars are going to wish they had Yoli tonight against Kansas.
0: It, yeah, it, it's going to be hard. And I'm less concerned about the result against Kansas. The point was to get to the Kansas game. And we're going to break it down with Cody Feeger, the assistant coach. Uh, one of the assistant coaches with BYU, because you get a quad one win or, or game. Just just playing quad ones has value. You only need to win about a third of them. BYU probably needs three or four on the resume to have a chance at an at large. I'm still of the opinion that it's going to be tough, uh, but playing in this tournament is awesome. Beating UCLA is awesome. Getting a chance at Kansas is awesome. And it, it, similar to football, it makes you think, what if? What if they beaten Boise State? Oh, and we they, live in the what and, if. And
1: we so live man. in the what if. They could have finished these nine games. I thought you only 7-2, likely to finish 6-3. I'd but take 6-3. I really better would. Better than most expected. And, and I think it's going to be a team effort overall. But we will see how they fare tonight against fourth-rate Kansas.
0: Yeah, it's a big game. Uh, you can listen to it tonight on BYU Radio, watching on ESPN. Okay, topic number two. After beating UCLA last night, the Cougars face fourth-ranked Kansas tonight, as mentioned. Regardless of the outcome, is it already mission accomplished, Tanner, in Maui? I think no. I, I think, I mean,
1: it's huge that they got their first win against someone other than Chaminade since 1992. That's actually a pretty remarkable stat. But I feel like if, if you're on this Cougar basketball team, you don't want to settle with just one win. It's Sure, it's, sure, it's a great win against a Pac-12 team, against UCLA, but UCLA isn't as great as people might think them to be, as they should be. They've lost to Hofstra. I yeah, it's, 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 it's disappointing that UCLA is, is, is not better because it would be a bigger win. But I feel like despite playing one of the top-ranked teams tonight in Kansas, I feel like you, you, for me, maybe maybe it's the competitor in me. But it I, it I, is. It's I, coming I, out. I, I'm not settling for just one win. Let's, let's, go, let's go win it all.
0: Yeah, I, I would like two wins from Maui. Um, I don't care how they come. If BYU somehow pulled off the win against Kansas, this could be one of the biggest wins in program history. Um, if they don't, just competing and playing well and doing your best and showing well would would do well uh, against the committee uh, with the committee on Selection Sunday. BYU uh, winner loser plays the winner loser of Dayton Virginia Tech. That's going to be another good game yep. regardless. Either way, I was hoping because Michigan State lost that somehow Michigan State would be in the mix still, yeah. but they're not. Um, apparently, uh, Dayton, Virginia Tech. So I, my, my mission accomplished, no, I want two wins. I, yeah. I didn't want to go one and two. I wanted two wins. Sure. I didn't want to play Chaminade. Um, and I think that's going to help BYU's resume and the confidence because this was brought up last night, too. The committee will take into account BYU was this without Yoli and they're this with him. But BYU needs enough without him to be in the conversation. Exactly. When I think about
1: Selection Sunday, I think about the West Coast Conference. It's always tough. you got Gonzaga, who's almost always a guaranteed lock to win the conference every yeah, year. Yeah, kiss, kiss the ring. It's, it's, it's almost every year without fail. But, and so BYU will need all the help they can get to get an at-large bid. It's going to be tough if you lose lose games. in. A, you know, if you get blown out, it's, it almost gives the selection committee perfect reason to say, you know what? You can't compete with the best, and so that's why I think uh, for the Cougars, if they want any shot at getting an out large bid to the tournament, they got to show well tonight against Kansas and and, uh, and and every game moving forward.
0: Really, show well quantified to me would be a single-digit game. Uh, if only plays yeah. a single-digit game, you go, you know what? With, especially without Yoli, and yes. as, you, as
1: you mentioned, they'll take that into consideration. They'll realize, oh, they played Kansas close
0: without Yoli Childs. Hmm, interesting. And guess what? Everyone in college basketball is watching Kansas play. All, like The national writers are going to watch Kansas play BYU tonight. Totally. And Big was challenge. It? Big Rock, test for them. Rock Chalk uh, Talk or something on, on Twitter said something to the effect of, BYU looks like a team that was put on this earth to beat, not Kansas, out of a tournament. <laughs> so let's see if uh, BYU can pull off the miracle. I mean, with Yoli Childs and Gavin Baxter, it would be a huge upset against Kansas, let alone without those guys. Yet BYU able to take down UCLA and now Houston, a couple of nice wins. Yep. And topic three, now going back to the football
1: field. After seven weeks away, Zach Wilson returned the last two weeks to face cupcakes like Idaho State and UMass. And against the Bengals, there was somewhat of a performance left to be desired. A little, little rusty with a pick and three sacks, but last week looked near perfect with 17 of 20, 293 yards, four touchdown performance mm. versus the Minutemen. Looked clean, looked sharp. So, Jeremy Based off his performance against UMass, how do you feel? Is, is
0: Zach back? Back to what is the question. Back to uh, the Western Michigan game, back to the USC game. I, I said earlier this year, I thought because BYU is playing in these tough games, it's not always going to be this 1980s kind of 300 yards, three touchdowns kind of deal playing those teams. We saw it against UMass, we, and that was just—it was almost pathetic how easy it was, right? Idaho State— is like been, a high school team. Right. Uh, and that's what Spencer said. It's the sophomore team. And I said, well, after watching it, it was more like the freshman team. They were that bad. <laughs> I, ba- back, he's getting there. He had a five-touchdown, four-interception ratio before the Idaho State game. I was hoping that would be a little higher in the first we five games, yeah, they, right?
1: They, all of Kruger Nation
0: did. Yeah. But he's up to 11 touchdowns, five picks, 64 Percent completion 7.9 yards per attempt so that's close you want to be 8 plus in that um, category he's apparently as healthy as possible uh, and and uh, that shoulder's feeling better because he didn't have to use it right for seven weeks so I, I think he's getting a lot closer is he back to kind of where USC was we're gonna see against San Diego State but it's not gonna hinge on Zach Wilson in, in my opinion in that game it's gonna hinge on whether BYU can run the ball against San Diego State's third-ranked rushing defense I couldn't agree more. It's, it's, it's more than just Zach. It takes a team. And you
1: look at the first half of the schedule that that Zach had to face: Utah, the, one of the best ranked, if not one, if not the best defense in the country. So good. Washington, USC, it. Tennessee, and an SEC team. And and sure, you know, five touchdowns, four, four interceptions, wasn't what uh, Cougar Nation was hoping for. But it's a team game, and it takes. Uh, it takes talented receivers. It takes a good offensive line to create protection. Uh, it takes uh, a defense setting you up with good field position. Uh, it takes a system, a, a staff, a coaching game plan that allows you to play aggressive, to throw down the field. And uh, and I think we're starting to see it blossom now. Obviously, with the, with the lighter schedule, we're seeing the adjustments uh, made, and especially on offense as, as Coach Roderick, Coach Fesi Satake are getting more involved in the play calling. It's become more dynamic, become more explosive, and so we're seeing some improvements, but I think this week will be a perfect test for us, for us to see, okay, how are they looking? How is Zach looking against a definitely formidable opponent in San Diego State?
0: And perhaps BYU doesn't run the ball effectively, and they have to rely on Zach Wilson. It could flip completely onto Zach Wilson's uh, right arm for this. So, so we'll see. I'm, I'm interested to see this game. Rocky Long doesn't want to play this game. I want to play this game. I'm excited that BYU is back in San Diego where they played all those Holiday Bowls. So much history there. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. And uh, we're going to have complete coverage coming up Saturday on Countdown to Kickoff. Our question of the day, what impressed you the most in the men's basketball 78-63 win over UCLA, over Bill Walton's UCLA, over Karch Karai's UCLA? Let's get to the Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation. On BYU Sports Nation. At Kiwi Jackman on Twitter. Ways in. And weigh in on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. I personally was impressed with the Stockton Shorts making a comeback. Wait, who had the Stockton Shorts on? I missed that. UCLA. One of UCLA's players. Oh, one of their players. Yeah, one been. of their players. And Zach and, and, and Selyus, you know, you know was him. Was it Shaq's Sharif, right? Is that his Yes, it was. It was Sharif. <laughs> he only played three minutes, though.
1: Yeah. I've noticed it, You know, the, the, the youths these days are, uh, are bringing the sh- back bringing the short shorts. Zachary
0: has tried a couple years ago. Yeah, he did. Yeah. So it still it, going? I don't know. Leggings are the key there. Let's be honest. There were no leggings in the eighties. <laughs> no. It was just it was just and, straight and, short, and, shorts and, and no razors either. <laughs> All hair. <laughs> Other than that, he continues. T.J. Haas uh, going clear around a guy and then scoring. The amount of good passing and of course the commentary. It was a fun night to watch BYU and uh, UCLA. Lots, lots awesome. of good storylines there. Short shorts, Bill Walton Bill, yeah. in Hawaii. Maybe Bill Walton in short shorts. Yeah, it got weird. We saw Bill Walton being buried in the sand. Yeah, it always gets weird <laughs> yes. with Bill. And, and sunglasses and, and flower shirts. And, and two-minute stories about Danny Ainge. Yes. Dave Patch saying, I was wondering where you're going with that two-minute story. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's coming up, Tanner?
1: Coming up, no sleep for BYU assistant Cody Fieger today oh. as we wake him up
0: to talk about last night's win. Well, right now it's 7-16 in Hawaii, so I don't know that he's gone to bed. And ESPN's Trevor Maddich on the Cougars matchup with a top-10 Aztec defense this Saturday. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Beating UCLA was awesome for men's hoops last night. The prize, play number four Kansas tonight on ESPN and BYU Radio. Pre-game on the radio with your boy Jason Shepard at 9.30 Eastern, 6.30 Pacific. This is BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Great to have you. Tanner Mangum in the house. Great Always to great have to you here. Uh, the show's on demand on BYU TV and BYU Radio's apps. We now welcome in our friend. Normally on a Monday, it's a Tuesday this week. ESPN's Trevor Maddich on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Trevor, how are you doing, brother? I am doing great. Doing great.
3: And Tanner, great to talk with you again.
0: Oh, it's always a pleasure, Trevor. Thanks for uh, taking the time. Trevor, let's talk about beating UCLA because you're a man who beat UCLA in uh, 1983 in football. Um, And the men's hoops team gets it done last night. That was a nice win for the Cougars.
3: Yeah, you know, it's uh, you know, hopefully it's not every uh, forty years that we get to do this, but uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's UCLA. Listen, I've got a lot of respect for their, their school and their programs, and anytime anytime you beat them, it just means a lot. You know, we uh, back in the day, everybody thought we were a passing team, but we ran for over two hundred yards on those guys, much to their consternation and surprise. But that we weren't surprised. But I tell you, beating UCLA at any time is uh, is a real thrill.
0: Absolutely. Let's transition to football. After seven weeks away, Zach Wilson played against Idaho State and UMass. Idaho State, it felt like uh, there was a little bit uh, left to be desired there, but UMass, a tremendous performance against a really bad team, but he was nearly
3: perfect. Uh, Do you feel like Zach is back? I think he was back against UMass. I think that it's a... It's sort of a trajectory he's got to be on. You could tell that he was rusty against Idaho State. Idaho State's not very good, but timing is timing, no matter who you're playing. And everything was a little better against UMass, but this will be not just a better opponent, This will be one of the best defenses, if not the best defense they face really since Utah. This San Diego State defense isn't just really talented. They're also exceptionally well coached from a standpoint of messing with opposing quarterbacks. Rocky Long has been one of the best defensive minds in all of college football for decades. So this will be a real challenge and we'll know if Zach's back when we see this game.
1: Well, you referenced it. San Diego State is a top 10 defense against the run scoring, total defense. So in your opinion, how do the Cougars match up with the Aztecs this week?
3: Well, they they match up probably better on offense than the San Diego State offense matches up against the Cougars defense. This really will be a low-scoring game because as good as San Diego State's defense is, the offense is really struggling. I mean, they don't, they don't run or pass very well. So BYU will need to win a, a low-scoring game. So really this one will come down to how can those guys on defense keep the score low enough. Now, the other part of it is avoiding mistakes and avoiding turnovers. I mean, Tanner, I mean, he's a quarterback for so many years. I mean, you know the, the – the, you have to understand the game you're playing. Yep. And the game that the BYU offense is playing – this week is not a light at the scoreboard game. It is a don't-make-mistakes game. That's their first priority. Don't give San Diego State a short field with a dumb turnover. And so that's, that's kind of the game that's shaping up, and, and the Cougars need to understand it in order to be able to win it.
0: Jake Goldroyd could be uh, a big player in this game in terms of field position and field goals. Yet for field goals, it's been a struggle recently, Trevor. After starting 10 of 11, Jake has missed six of his last 10. Something's going on there. Do you think uh, the kicking game will play a big role and Jake Goldroyd will have a big
3: role in this game? No, it'll be massive because it, it gets harder to move the ball down inside the 20 and punch it in, especially against defenses like San Diego State. And so they're going to have to score from long range with those field goals. So Jake will have to, he'll have to, he'll have to come up. The thing is, though, people, people have asked me is that, you know, what's wrong with him? I said, nothing's wrong with him. He's a kicker. <laughs> and kickers, you know, kickers are, are their, own, their own kind of species sometimes, you know. So this is the time for him to snap back into form.
1: Well, now, so BYU is looking to get win number eight. If BYU finishes this season with nine wins,
3: could they be ranked? You know what? There's a possibility that they could, and that's really exciting because uh, the way the season you know started, it looked so promising, and then – Losing to Toledo and South Florida just kind of put the brakes on the, the excitement. And the possibility exists that they very well could finish the season ranked. But I, I still go back to the missed opportunities, for goodness sake. Ah, those two games especially. Now, when you look at the rankings, the AP top 25 right now, you know, BYU isn't listed there, and the lowest-ranked team is USC at 8-4. and four. But that's kind of good because BYU has already beaten USC. And so there, there's a chance that they could finish ranked if they're able to win out.
1: So you, you brought it up. You mentioned that USC win. What do you think is the best win on BYU's schedule this season? Do you think it is USC?
3: Yeah, Tanner, I really do, because that this was a USC team that, that came in after BYU had already played a couple of physical physical games you know the the game against Utah Utah has a, an NFL defensive line I mean it's just and it's not just NFL with the starters they go deep they've got NFL guys in depth that's a physical game for BYU to play and then Tennessee uh, is a team now that's starting to round into form I mean when BYU played everybody thought Tennessee was no good but now we're seeing Tennessee winning a bunch of SEC games and that game went to overtime so the fact that they started out with those two, then came back and USC went to overtime. And the fact that USC is now ranked, I mean, the the committee sees them, and the AP, sees them as one of the 25 best teams in the nation. I mean, for BYU to have beaten them in the third game of a stretch that was really brutal, I thought was a terrific victory.
0: We're talking with ESPN's Trevor Maddich, former Cougar and uh, contributor to BYU Sports Nation each week. We love to have him. Let's look back at the season a little bit. So, I feel like we're starting to turn a corner, Trevor, where we are less grateful for the turnaround and we will become more uh, upset that BYU lost to South Florida and Toledo. I want to get your opinion on that. BYU's 2-4. Man, is BYU going to renew Kalani? Will BYU even make a bowl game? Here we sit five games later, BYU's 7-4, and four, and we're thinking, you know what? Maybe it took losses to South Florida and Toledo to turn the season around. Yet I think when the season's over, we're going to go, oh man, BYU lost an opportunity there. Why didn't they win those games?
3: Yeah, well, listen, I I thought that all all along. I mean, I thought losing those two games, I could just project it forward and see what the possibilities were there. Because, I mean, had BYU won those two games, they right now would be on a seven-game winning streak, as it is around a five-game winning streak.
0: And ranked, right?
3: They'd be on a. They'd, they'd be ranked, and who knows, but they might not be ranked high enough to to be considered for you know a really big bowl game. Um, and so there, there's a lot of there's a lot of things that were left on the table. Now there are still things that are left on the table. This San Diego State win, if they're able to get it, will be maybe the best win of the season for them. Whoa! Uh, certainly, certainly second to to USC. Well, and third to Tennessee. That th- those were good. It'll be one of their three best wins. There we if, go. Yeah. So it's <laughs> I, I think rather than say best, it's better for me to say most difficult. Mm, better because than Boise this State team is going to be really hard to move the ball to move the ball on, and so but there, so there's football left to be played. But when you talk about looking at the totality of the season, you're totally right, and and the fact that we're talking about it in these terms, I think means that in a lot of ways BYU has turned the corner. And the expectations are now much higher. And, and again, I look at the Toledo and South Florida losses, and I see them in a way that I think maybe other people might not. Uh, And certainly the team won't think what I'm about to say. If they do, I'd be disappointed. But the way I see those two losses are BYU started out with – Utah at Tennessee, USC and Washington for brutally physical games, and then the next week they go to Toledo, and the week after that they go to, or two weeks after that they go to South Florida, and so this is this is a real tough couple of games coming off of that physical stretch, and it does take a lot out of you, not just physically, but really emotionally and your ability to to process and focus with urgency uh, and effort in your preparation during the week suffer. when you go through a four-game stretch like BYU did to open the season, now do you have to be able to to fight through that? Yes, you do. But when you consider so many young guys that BYU was playing, you know it takes it takes time to learn this stuff. And so I think that they missed an opportunity there. But the fact that we're now talking about a five-game winning streak with a chance to finish the regular season on a six-game winning streak against a very good team, uh, I, I think BYU football is in a good position right now.
1: Trevor shifting into the national scene now. LSU or Ohio State, who's the best team in the land?
3: On tape, it's Ohio State. Tanner, the LSU deserves to be number 1 because of their victories. I mean, they've they've beaten, you know, a couple of top 5 teams and then Auburn at number 15. And Ohio State hasn't had the opportunity to do that. They they have the Penn State win, but really not a whole lot that'll com- compare to what LSU has been able to do. Uh, they've beaten Wisconsin and beat them bad. But the teams that LSU has beaten are higher-ranked than Ohio State's. So, okay, so LSU deserves the number-one ranking from that standpoint. But on the field on a neutral side, I think the Buckeyes are the best team in the country. I think number two is Clemson. And I think number three is LSU because I worry about LSU's defense especially in recent weeks teams with pretty good offenses have been able to move the ball and score points against LSU's defense and so uh I uh, I think that it's very important the way things are setting up right now which uh, team between Ohio State and LSU the committee puts at number 1 to finish the regular season because Clemson won't be that team unless something really weird happens because of their strength of schedule, but they are rounding back into national championship caliber form, which they've done in recent years where they've started slow and they've picked it up and done well at the end and they've been a championship contender. Well, the this Clemson team is doing the same thing, but because of their the their schedule has been weak in the ACC, they they'll probably end up number two or three, most likely three. What that means is, whoever's number one doesn't have to play Clemson in the first round of the playoffs; they'll play number four. Whoever's number two has to face Clemson. And I'll tell you this: if it's Ohio State at number two and LSU at number one, which it likely will be, then I think the semi between Ohio State and Clemson will be the actual national championship game.
0: Mm. This sounds juicy, and I'm thinking about Christmas and snow and football. This just sounds great. Trevor, we appreciate the time. We look forward to our conversations each week, and uh, thanks for the insight. Thanks, guys. That's ESPN's Trevor Maddish on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. What's coming up, Tanner? Coming up, Team USA head coach, one of the greatest of all time, Karch Karai. Oh, Oh, that's going to be awesome. And assistant coach Cody Feger joins us from Maui. What's the game plan against number 4 Kansas tonight? We'll ask him. This is BYU Sports Nation. Tonight, join us for the season finale of BYU football with Kalina Satake at 8.30 Eastern, 5.30 Pacific on the BYU TV app as coach Satake recaps the UMass win, discusses the San Diego State game, and we debut a brand new deep blue. Reserve your seat on BYUcougars.com Satake Show. Welcome back. Jerem Jordan, Tanner Mangum on BYU Sports Nation. Now, I've I've forgotten this. We have the Lego set from the Nebraska game from our buddy Jared Jacobs at Gold Yeller. We have Tanner Mangum in Lego form on the set and in real life today. How about that? Looks a lot cooler in Lego form, i got to (laughs) admit. I I think your hair looks better in real life. (laughs) When he gave us Taysom Hill on Crutches, I was kind of like... Come on, man. That that hurts. You know, it, it too stings. soon, and it was you know a year later, or whatever. But <laughs> I forgot we have you on the set in Lego form. You know what? Maybe maybe next year we'll get the that some hair for the for the yes. Lego guy. Okay, at some point when we're done with this, that's yours. Perfect, that's yours. Thank you. Your Lego. I'm honored. Do you have a Lego of you? I'm, no. Who let's, does? I'd be honored. Spencer to have and I that. are fortunate that Gold Yeller made some of us and gave <laughs> us. That. And I was like, what? This is so cool. Cool. I'll take it. All right, let's whip it. It's time for
1: the Cougar whip Around Basketball. Jake Toulson dropped a 20-piece to lead the Cougars in 78-63 win over UCLA last night at the Maui Invitational. The reward for the win, a matchup tonight against fourth-ranked Kansas for BYU. Coverage begins at 9.30 p.m. Eastern on BYU Radio.
0: The women's team hosts Utah State on Kids Day. That's coming up at the top of the hour in 27 minutes and change. They're warming up now live shots from the Marriott Center. Cougars are two and one. Utah State is two and three. Football. BYU football continues prep for the regular season finale this week
1: against San Diego State. The Cougars have won five straight and lead the all-time series against the Aztecs twenty-eight to seven. And one. And There's one. A tie in there. There's a tie. Yeah. I hate ties. Ties are the worst. right? Coverage of the season finale begins Saturday at eight p.m. Eastern, five Pacific,
0: with countdown to kickoff, which my which I will be on on BYU TV. Volleyball. The Cougars stay at number 13 in the women's ABCA poll. Finish the regular season tonight at home against Pepperdine on ESPNU, 10 Eastern, 7 Pacific Time. We'll chat with Karch Karai, who's on the call tonight. Four seniors will be honored and Mary Lake, McKenna Miller, Kiani Moyai, and Riley Lyman. The NCAA selection show is Sunday at 8.30 Eastern Time.
1: Jimmer! BYU Nation's favorite, Jimmer, scored 24 points and had four assists on six of eight shooting from three in a Panathinaikos win.
0: Fredette is leading the team, averaging 15.5 points per game. Not bad. Cougars in pro hoops. Eric Mika signs in China with the Xinjiang Flying Tigers. Mika was playing in the NBA G League for the Stockton Kings, averaging 20 points and 16 rebounds a game. Great stats. If you can't get in the NBA, (laughs) go to China and make some some money. money. After a 78-63 win against UCLA last night, the men's basketball coaching staff likely was up all night preparing for number 4 Kansas now. So naturally, Cody Feger is probably still awake from the win and joins us on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. Cody, one, how is Hawaii? And two, congratulations on the win.
4: Uh, Hawaii is great when you win. And uh, yeah, thanks a lot. We're, uh, We're pretty happy about it. Now we've got to get ready for Kansas here.
0: How many hours of sleep did you get last night?
4: Uh probably about four or five four or five's pretty good four or five's pretty good
0: yeah yeah um yeah. you the u c l a win was so big nine fifty one to go it's tied at fifty two What changed in the last kind of seven minutes there that swung that game
4: we just we just kind of uh dug down and just kind of talked exactly what was helping us score offensively, you know um before before um that game, we talked to our guys about. You know some of the other teams we watched play UCLA, and any time they passed it more than two times against UCLA, they, they scored on about sixty seventy percent of their possessions. Um, so we kind of talked to talked to that about our team and and just kind of reinforced our game plan defensively, and our guys kind of jumped in and, and stayed with it. It was it was great.
1: And so going along with that in that in the last ten minutes. TJ Haas really stepped it up and turned it on. So, what does that? What does his performance do for him going forward?
4: Oh, it was, it was huge for him. I um, mean, he just kind of just been struggling a little, little, little bit shooting the ball. Like he's he's been playing well, but he's just kind of struggling shooting the ball. And you know, um, he he just kind of kind of got jumped a little bit, and he he answered the bell right away. It was awesome. It's what it's what great leaders and seniors do. It
0: was a nice response, absolutely, after the Boise State game to go uh, have that performance and and struggle for kind of the first thirty minutes as a team. Sixty-two percent shooting, Cody. Forty points in the paint. Was that the game plan? Was let's get at the rim.
4: (laughs) Well, it it, it was. Let's be sure on these shots. Let's just not not throw it up there and you know just these guys are unbelievable blocking shots at the rim and. You know, they're kind of like, hey, if we're not 100% sure that we're going to make this layup, let's keep our dribble alive and just make it the easy play. And that's kind of what our guys stuck to. And, you know, TJ found Colby late for an easy layup. And that's just kind of what what our game plan was exactly.
1: So Coach Pope has talked a lot about the team trusting each other. And do you think last night was a prime example of that, of, of what this team can do when they do trust each other?
4: Exactly. Uh You know, I thought we should sign to that, too, against Houston. Um, against Boise, obviously, the ball was sticky a little bit, but, but this UCLA game, these guys just kept on passing, 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 and we got wide-open shots and wide-open finishes at the rim, and, and guys just made great plays down the stretch. You
0: knew that you could face Kansas in round two, so you've certainly prepared for this possibility. But now that it's here, and you're playing the number four team in the country, and have this amazing opportunity on ESPN, uh, what's the preparation like for potentially the best team you may play all
4: season? Yeah, so uh, offensively, it's going to be pretty similar. You know, we've watched a ton of film on them already, um, and got to watch their game obviously last night live. And they are huge and long and big and physical. This is going to be the most physical team that we be played so far. Um, so this is really going to have to be a game of playing with force and just making the simple play the simple pass. Make these guys rotate. Um, you know, really similar offensive game plan like we did last night. And then defensively, um They've not been a team that has shot it that well, but they shot it well yesterday against Chaminade. Um, You know, they got those two bigs that they've been playing with, and and we're going to try to, um, you know, make these guys kind of beat us from the outside a little bit and then rebounding the ball. You know, rebounding the ball is is number one for us. Um, So, yeah, offensively, we got to make those guys guard us. Defensively, that kind of let make those guys beat us from the outside.
0: Sixty-two percent shooting would be nice again, too. That help, right?
4: That that would be good. But the ball was (laughs) flying around; it wasn't sticky. And you know, obviously, you know, we had a couple, couple like Jake's Jake's hook from the free throw line. That was crazy. The buzzer was a big play, and. You know, just guys are stepping up and making big shots. You know, and that's what seniors and good teams do.
0: Well, summon your uh, inner 1960, because on December 20th, 1960, BYU beat Kansas in Provo by 10. So uh, just, really? just summon, that's it. go watch that film today. Whatever they did without a <laughs> shot clock probably won't apply. But uh, good and luck. And no
4: three-point line. And
0: no three-point line, right? There was barely a two-point line yeah. uh, that was everywhere. Uh, let's give you BYU Sports Nation Karma. Congratulations on the great win against UCLA, and good luck tonight against Kansas. Should be a fun one.
4: Thanks, guys. Appreciate it.
0: Okay, that's Cody Figger from Maui on the Desert First Credit Union hotline. Desert First, you know why we show how. Huge game tonight. Huge opportunity for BYU. Absolutely, and one can never have
1: enough Bill Walton. No, you can't. It's impossible. You can't have enough. Bill. So. Coming up, we're giving you the best of Bill or the worst of Bill. Depending yeah, depends uh, d- on how depending you feel on your opinion, about Bill. I like Bill. Yeah. The best or the worst of Bill Walton.
0: And legendary player, multi gold medal, Olympian player, and national team coach Turn broadcaster Karch Karai is in studio. Great to have him here. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by The BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Breakdown Cougar football with Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, and David Nixon tonight on After Further Review, 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific on the BYU TV app, with a rebroadcast on BYU TV Wednesday at 11 a.m. Eastern time. We're now privileged to welcome in one of the all-time greats in volleyball in the history of this planet, uh, Karch Karai, a multi-gold medalist, uh, women's national team coach, and tonight, broadcaster of the BYU Pepperdine Women's Volleyball Match. It's great to have you back on BYU TV. Kirk.
5: Thank you. Always great to be here in Provo. I love visiting.
0: Let's, uh, I don't even know where to start with you. Perhaps sorry, not sorry on the BYU men's win over your UCLA Bruins last night?
5: <laughs> <laughs> don't ever apologize. It just means we've got more work to do. So <laughs> Good attitude. Don't ever, uh, don't ever feel sorry for the Bruins. And it, we experienced that a lot with our USA women's team. Nobody ever feels sorry for us. They all want to see us lose. And uh, so props to BYU and we got uh, we Bruins have work to do. And
0: let's talk about your connections to BYU. And let's start with the uh, USA Women's National Coach. So Mary Lake was on the roster this summer. uh, BYU's favorite daughter, if you will, and uh, lost her passport at one point. (laughs) Some adventures. Yes. She ends up being a part of the gold medal winning team in the Volleyball Nations League. What was it like to have Mary Lake on the squad? Uh,
5: Mary was a great addition to our program. Um, Really got to give her a lot of props. She had to think about it, uh, think about the opportunity to come spend some time with us this past season. Um, Wasn't sure how she would do, and really threw herself into it with the unknown and the big challenge. And so, yes, we went on with her, and obviously lots of great, great players who made major contributions to win the gold medal in Nations League, and then accomplish our, our biggest goal for the year, which is right after that, a few weeks later, early August, win a mini-tournament of three matches in less than 48 hours to earn the right to go to the Tokyo Olympics and compete. And congrats on that. Looking forward to that next next summer. Yeah, and then right after that, Mary headed here to begin. So she didn't get much of a break this summer. No break, yeah. And uh, headed here to begin work again for her senior season with Heather Olmstead, who does an amazing job here. Props to her uh, and all the good work she does with the BYU Lady Cougars program.
1: Well, speaking of Heather Olmstead, a legend here at BYU and, and obviously the head, head coach of the Cougars. Her dad, Rick, is a uh, longtime f- connection. you have a connection with the Olmstead family? Talk about that a little bit.
5: Absolutely. He was my high school coach at Santa Barbara High. Fantastic coach. Love Rick. Uh, he and I actually played a few beach volleyball tournaments together as partner. Nice. We, we played together in the first ever Professional volleyball tournament that was ever held in 1976. I think it was in Santa Monica at Will Rogers State Beach. Wow. And you chose didn't win Rick any Goldstein. prize. Didn't win any prize money. <laughs> Wanted uh, even if we had. Um, I didn't want to take any and couldn't take any because I wanted to maintain my college eligibility. I was still in high school at the time, but um, so you played with your coach. I played with my coach. That's uh, fun. amazing. Uh, he schooled us a lot on the beach in, <laughs> uh, in uh, East Beach in Santa Barbara, and then great, great coach at um, at, at Santa Barbara learned so much just about hard work and what it took to be great. Um, we took it upon ourselves. He would give us these voluntary workouts and we just worked our, we learned to work our tails off. And as it turned out, we had an undefeated year. Our senior season. You guys might have a photo. I think Maybe we have a you photo. Throw that up. And you're the... holding
0: Sean Olmsted as yes. a baby. <laughs> this is amazing, baby Sean. That was at the end
5: awesome. of of a, an undefeated senior season. Next to me is John Hanley, one of our other great players for Santa Barbara High School. Went on to a great college career and beach career. And there's little Sean as we had just <laughs> won the championship. Of course, now Sean doing a great job with the men's program here at BYU. But the uh, um, and, and I, of course, knew Heather through the Olmstead family, and so... Um Love Rick's wife, Trudy, too. Uh, the trick with Rick, he's, a, he's also a great referee. He's yes. been done, doing it for many years, but we're still trying to figure out how to lure him, you know, when BYU gets to the NCAA semifinals, the NCAA finals. He gets so stressed he won't go and watch in person. So we're still trying to figure <laughs> out how do we get him there to cheer his uh, daughter on <laughs> when coaching the BYU women's team or his son on if it's the men's team. Pretty remarkable not only his connection
0: to you, but what his kids have done in the game. It's just, it's just wild. Um, one of your assistants is a BYU guy, Lucas Slabe, um, in his first or second year. And I remember you coming to town and kind of scouting out Luca. Yeah. We had you on a, a men's volleyball broadcast. How's Luca done? He, he can be an intense, fiery guy.
5: Uh, he's doing a great job. We love having him. Yes, I came up just about two years ago, uh, just as the men's season was starting, I think in early Uh, 2018. And uh, Luca, the men had a, the BYU men had a really good season. So they finally lost out of the NCAAs on Thursday in the semifinals. He was in our office on Friday, about six days later, we left to go on nation's league. So he just (laughs) dove into the deep end and has been doing a great job ever since. We're super excited to have him as a part of our staff and super excited that he uh, contributes so much in our efforts. As I said, we locked down a berth to Tokyo, and so all of our planning now is uh, looking toward the start of that Olympics. The the opening ceremonies are July 24th next year, and we're hoping to have put together a really special tournament there.
0: Is he still using the big...
5: Yes, he is. He's got the big, the the, the extra model. It's got to have it almost, it's got to be packed in a special bag so it doesn't break. Because our (laughs) coaching bags are soft. He puts it in uh, one of the equipment bags. And uh, he learned that. Uh, I think he might have learned that one from Marv Dunphy, one of one of my coaching mentors. And uh, Marv, um, we were talking about it before uh, how Marv did his doctoral thesis on John Wooden. So Marv's just a, a, another one of the all time greats in coaching in any sport. But coached at Pepperdine for a long time. So, and,
0: and got his and got his doctorate at BYU. Exactly. So another yeah. connection. Yeah, another connection. So yeah. As
1: we were just looking at on screen, it, it was showing your extensive resume. And uh, greatest volleyball player of the 20th century, Uh, hundreds of matches won. And and I'm I'm curious now, now we're in 2019, how would you describe the evolution
5: of volleyball to this point, stylistically, and how it's played? Uh, Certainly it's more of a power game now. Um, Most of my career when I played indoors, there wasn't the power, and I'm talking men especially, Mm -hmm. there wasn't the power serving that there is now, internationally and collegiately. If you don't have a lot of guns to start the rally uh, when your team is serving, you're going to be struggling because you have to do something to slow down the offense on the other side of the net with a perfect pass, they're very, very difficult to stop. And so people like Taylor Sander, one of the all-time greats here at BYU, one of the things he brings to any team he plays for is a great jump spin serve. It's less common in the women's game, but uh, because there aren't enough people with the power to actually cause trouble, uh, but that's a big factor. And then uh, the integration of back row attack is much bigger now than it used to be. Uh, BYU and all the other men's college teams do a nice job with that. But it's becoming more and more a part of international women's volleyball also. And we saw it last year with the BYU women's team, somebody like Ronnie Jones-Perry. Mm-hmm. Very effective out of the back row. So that's uh, those are the power. And the fact that the athletes are taller, jumping higher, and hitting more effectively out of the back row, those are a couple of big ones. Interesting. And
0: let's fin- finish. Finish with the match at hand tonight, which you're here to call with Paul Sunderland. What a what a duo for this match. We're excited to have you guys. Uh, BYU and Pepperdine. BYU trying to get the best seed they can. Pepperdine trying to get an attorney.
5: You're right. Um, This is a very important match. I think for both teams. Uh, BYU got to host as one of the top four seeds all the way through, and the atmosphere here last year playing Texas in that regional final. I'm getting major goosebumps thinking about it. I wasn't here, but just seeing it on television was yeah. fantastic. Love the BYU crowds and how much passion they have. So BYU now trying to get maybe a top 16 seed and the right to at least host the first two rounds. BYU is not really in the running to get a top four seed and maybe host the regional rounds. And then Pepperdine just working to get into the tournament. This seems like uh, a near-must-win for Pepperdine. And Pepperdine's put together a really strong WCC season, beating USD, giving them their only loss. BYU coming up short twice in the five-set matches. So I'm excited. It should be a great match and lots of implications in this uh, that carry to the selection show and beyond.
0: Absolutely. Well, it was great to have you in studio. Always great to see you. And would you mind signing our flag back here? Love to. uh, Would that be all right? Awesome. Okay, you are. Thanks, the flag. Now we got to actually protect
1: this flag, you know? <laughs> and, and, and now coming up, if you missed the BYU basketball game on ESPN last night, you missed a great win for the Cougars, and you missed Bill Walton.
0: But don't worry, we've got you covered with the best of Bill. And BYU buzzer beaters in Mallory, where we're going to show you that from 92. This is BYU Sports Nation. Thanks to today's guests, Trevor Maddich and Karch Karai. In case you missed it, here's some of the best of Bill Walton from last night.
2: Okay, so. the Cougars. I love Cougars here oh in Maui. Arr, arr. <laughs> Fee, five, fo, fam. I smell the blood of little ones. So these they... Cougars have come to fight today. Arr. Everybody under six ten looks exactly the same to me. Guards. Feed the post, inbound the ball, play token defense on the perimeter, and get out of the way. <laughs> but this guy, how did he become Danny Ainge's nephew? Uh, I think he was born into it. It's usually how it works. Really? Why does Danny always look so happy? One of the 12 worst possessions in the history of UCLA basketball. What were the trying to do. Your best aim story, Bill. I don't live in a qualitative, binary, decision-making world. And I looked at both of them, and I pointed to Danny, and I said, hey, the only thing I hate more than a guard, and then I turned to Jerry Seasing, and I said, is a second-string guard. And then I, <laughs> and then I walked away and said, let's play ball. <laughs> Cougars clawing, proud, growling, arr, arr. An absolute clinic on how to play basketball. Congratulations to the Cougars. Mark Pope, what a start to a brilliant career in the WCC.
0: Nobody is like Bill Walton, and that's probably a good thing. Our question of the day, what impressed you the most in the 78-63 BYU win over UCLA? The elite voice of the day is presented by Sundance Mountain Resort at Danny Butt one on Instagram. We outworked them all game, fun to watch, was listening to Bill Walton. Just shower praise on all our guys For not being a BYU grad, he was such a homie. Uh, Maybe he means homer. Go Cougs! And today's rise and shout-out goes to Kevin Nixon. Remember his buzzer beater in 93, 92 against Oklahoma? That was awesome! Maybe BYU will do that again. Maybe tonight or tomorrow. We'll see. Bounces off the rim. Kevin Nixon. Yeah, buddy! For the win!
1: The conversation, as always, continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN. For
0: Tanner, I'm Jerem. Shout out to Nick Standerson. Stay tuned for BYU women's basketball in two minutes against Utah State.